I read an article about a guy a few years ago. He lived in a small one-bedroom apartment, and he noticed that when he would go to his fridge sometime, expecting that something was there, he'd open it up, and it was gone, and you think, oh, that's weird. And he'd go to his pantry, open it up, expecting like a bag of chips or something would be there, and it was gone, or, or maybe it had less in it than what he remembered. And he's like, well, it's just been a stressful time in life and at work, and so maybe I'm just becoming a little bit more forgetful. But it just kept happening more and more and more. And so he, he decided that he was going to set up one of those little cameras um, in his kitchen uh, that, that uh, would, would kind of ping his phone if it detects movement. And so the next day, he goes off to work, and sure enough, I mean, he had barely even been out the door when he had a little notification that popped up and said movement detected. And so he opened up the camera and he saw this lady in his kitchen, standing in the middle of his kitchen, eating some of his food. And he's like, well, that's, that's odd. And uh, so he calls the police and he said, hey, there's someone in my house right now. She's broken in. Um, can you guys go and get her? I'm on my, my way back. And so they get there and they're like, yeah, all of your doors are locked. All the windows are locked. Nothing's broken. Like there's no sign of forced entry. Um, no one is in your house. And he's like, no, I am looking at the camera right now. There, she is standing in my kitchen. And so he gets there, unlocks the door, and they go in. They couldn't find anyone. And before they finally left, one of the police officers was like, you know what, let me just go and check one more place. No way, but let me just go and check. And he goes into his closet, and he had these cabinets that were floor almost to ceiling in his closet. There's just a little bit of a gap. And the officer looked up there and found a 58-year-old woman trembling in fear. She had been living in this guy's apartment for more than a year, unnoticed, undetected. He would go off to work. She would go down. She would use the restroom. She would uh, take a shower. She would grab something to eat. She'd get her supplies for the evening, and then she would go back up to that little spot and hide out. She had been doing that for more than a year, completely unnoticed. I don't know about you, I'm going to go and check every square inch of my home (laughs) this afternoon. And most of us, we probably don't have to really worry about something like that happening to us. You know, we take precautions, we lock our door, our windows, uh, we kind of, you know, do what we can to take measures to keep uh, the people in our home safe. Many people have uh, home security systems, cameras in place. Our homes are pretty well protected against unwanted intruders. But our heart and our head, (laughs) that's a different story. There are things that break into these places all the time. And, And sometimes we don't even know that they're there, but yet they start robbing us of our peace. They start stealing our joy. And the greatest culprit also happens to be one of the most dangerous, and it's our topic for today that Emily mentioned earlier. It's worry. (sighs) Worry. (laughs) Worry has a way of sneaking into our heart and our mind. At at first, worry makes us feel like we are being prudent, like like we are giving proper weight to a concern that we ought to have, but, but it doesn't take long for worry to begin to become that that house guest that we don't want anymore. It just won't leave. It's, it's eating us up. It's consuming our mental and our emotional energy. 
And, and it doesn't help that there are so many things in our lives and in our world for us to worry about. I mean, we are constantly bombarded with things that, that want to, to make worry sneak into those places and hide. I mean, inflation is on the rise. Gas prices, the price of food are starting to soar and we're starting to feel it, many of us in our, in our bank account. Maybe you just recently went into retirement or have been in retirement for a couple of years and, and it's just like, man, it's starting to, to, to worry like your funds that you had isn't quite what it used to be and it's stressing you out. Our country seems like we are divided among so many things, big and small. We feel like we're maybe getting closer and closer. War is getting closer and closer to the footstep, foot do, uh, doorstep of our country. As teachers and students go back to school, like Emily mentioned, many of us worry about things like school shootings. And can something like that happen here in our own community? I don't know about you if you have kids, but that thought went through my mind as we dropped our kids off at school on Wednesday. We worry about the kind of world that we are leaving our kids or our grandkids. Worry hides in our hearts and our minds and there are things that we worry about that we probably don't even realize and yet they are robbing us of our peace and they are stealing our joy. But, but sometimes worry is even more sinister than that. The, the root word from which we get our word worry means to strangle. If you've ever really worried about something, you know how accurate that definition is. Worry has a way of strangling the life out of our emotional and mental and physical health. Chronic worry and anxiety leads to weakened immune systems and, and digestive issues, muscle aches and, and pains. Worry triggers the stress hormones that affect our heart and our kidney and our blood vessels, making things like migraines and, and heart disease and strokes even more likely. There's, there's a spiritual component to worry as well. Worry erodes our trust in God. It makes us feel like we have to, to fix everything, that it's all up to, to us. I had lunch with a friend this last week, and he, he said it well. He said, worry comes when I feel like I am the one that has to be in control. I'll tell you, that's pretty accurate for me. Typically, whenever I find myself worrying, if I'm in the presence of mind and heart to step back, I'm able to see, hmm, it's because I'm trying to control something here that I was never meant to control. And I could go on and on about the things that we worry about and what it does to us emotionally and physically and spiritually, but I've probably stressed us all out enough. <laughs> and so I just kind of want to get to the point. And everything that I've shared so far seems like doom and gloom, but I'm telling you, there is hope for us today when it comes to worry. You see, you may not be able to master worry in your life, but you can manage it. Like, I don't think that any of us will get to a place where we go, you know what? I don't worry about anything anymore. There are no worries that come to, to my mind anymore. I don't think that we'll get there, a place where, where we never wrestle with worries, but I do think that we can get to a place where we're no longer consumed by our worries. 
And our text today gives us some great wisdom for how to do that. If you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, uh, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. We got some Bibles in the pew backs there if you want to open it up. Philippians chapter 4. It's where we find our passage for this morning and our core verse for the week. Uh, every year, Amazon puts out a list of the most popular uh, passages in some of the, its best-selling books, and so you can go on and you can see uh, what, what people highlighted the most and, and, and whatever you know, bestseller is, is out there. And, and when it comes to verses that are highlighted in Scripture, Amazon even, even tracks those, and, and you may think that uh, it would be something like John 3.16 or maybe something in the Psalms, something from Psalm 23 even. But it's actually our core verse for this week. The the most highlighted verse on the Kindle device or app is our core verse for the week, Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7. And even in my own life, this is a verse that I have gone back to again and again, and probably more than I ever have in my life over the last couple of years. Let's look at it together. The Apostle Paul writes these words, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. All week long, um, I've had the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, stuck in my head. I've been whistling it as I walk through the office, um, singing it kind of in my head. Uh, as I walk through the house, sometimes it even comes out. In fact, as we were driving to church this morning, my oldest daughter, Adeline, was with me. And, uh, and she's like, hey, Daddy, can you play that song that you've been whistling all week? Um, and so we, we played it and we listened to it. And I'll tell you... Um, Man, that is a really trite song. Like, there's not a whole lot of depth to it. Like, don't worry, just be happy. As if someone's going to hear that and be like, whoa, mind blown. I've never thought about that. Thank you, Mr. McFerrin, or whatever his name. I think he was a one-hit wonder. Thank you for that sound advice. Don't worry, just be happy. As if it were that simple. And I imagine that for some, this passage maybe even gives off some of those same vibes. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about things. Just pray and it'll all go away. (laughs) Feels like this Christian version of don't worry, be happy. And it can feel maybe a little empty, a little void of reality, especially, especially if maybe you're going through some things right now. But I'll tell you, one of the reasons I love the Bible so much is because it deals in reality, not fairy tales. It was written by people who went through some stuff, and so it is deeply rooted in the reality 
of real life experiences. So when Paul writes these words, do not be anxious about anything, he's not writing them from some ivory tower surrounded in comfort and security, free of any cares or concerns. He's not writing this verse while living as a hermit out in the desert completely separated from real life. Paul is writing these words from prison. He's locked up in chains because of his faith in Jesus, wondering if or when he's going to lose his life. And so Paul is writing these words with some experiential authority behind them. He's encouraging us and he's giving us hope that in the midst of whatever we go through in life, whatever it is that causes our hearts to worry or to be anxious or to be concerned, we can rest because the God of peace is with us and we can rest because we can experience God's peace in the midst of it. That's what's going on, that that what is going on around us does not have to affect what is going on in us and that we can walk through all of it with peace. And so when Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, this is not a callous demand. It's a gospel invitation. He's inviting us to walk with the God who has experienced our pain and our hardships, who has suffered with us, who promises to give us mercy and grace in our time of need because he knows what it's like. He's been there. He's inviting us to, to, to cast all of our worries and anxieties on God because he cares for us. If you have a Bible, look at our core verse again, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, hold on to those three words, we're going to come back to them, prayer, petition, thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So many important words in these two verses. First one is, is anxious. That, that word anxious it means to be pulled in different directions. It's when what we believe and what we hope for is, is pulling us one way, but then our fears and our, and our concerns and our anxieties are pulling us the, the other way, and there's this constant tug of war that's going on, this back and forth to the point that sometimes we feel like we are being torn apart. I mean, worry means strangled, anxiety means torn apart. And I think that probably describes what a lot of people in our world, and maybe even in here today, are feeling. If you've ever played a game of tug of war, you know what you want on your side, right? You want a ringer. Like you want someone in your corner who is bigger and stronger and is going to give you an advantage in the fight. And that's what Paul gives us in this verse. And, and notice he doesn't say, oh, if you're feeling worried and anxious, just pray about it. Now, when Paul points us to prayer, he gives us specifically how we are to pray when anxiety is creeping up, trying to take over. He says, go to God in prayer with petitions and with thanksgiving. And prayer is coming to God in adoration and devotion and and worship. It is focusing on, on God's greatness and his majesty 
And I'll tell you, when I find myself worrying about something or trying to take control of a situation, which oh, I do way more than I should after 22, 4, 24 years of following Jesus. But when I do find myself worrying and trying to control a situation, man, getting alone with God and focusing on his grandeur helps right-size the problem that I'm facing. I fix my eyes on, on him instead of the thing that I'm worrying about. And, and after that, after that, then I take my petition, my request to the Father. And what I'm discovering in my own life is that when I start by focusing on him and then my worry, I'm not like, all right, God, we've got to fix this. We need to do something here. Instead, I'm growing in my ability and my desire to surrender that worry to him and trust that he cares about the situation. He cares about the person. He cares about me even more than I do. And then Paul tells us to pray with thanksgiving. Because worry and gratitude are incompatible. Like they cannot grow in the same place. And so if you find yourself worrying about something, man, spend time reflecting about all the things you are grateful for and thank God for them. And Paul promises that as we do, as we reflect on the grandeur of God, as we take our needs and our concerns to him, and as we thank him for all the good things, promises that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I've shared this story before, but, uh, but I want to I share it again because I need to hear it, and maybe there's someone in here today that, that needs to hear it as well. A few years ago, um, there was a, a sweet lady at our Bedford campus uh, who was dying of cancer. And she put up a courageous fight. She kind of got to the point where she could continue to go down the path of taking treatments, but you know, it might give her a little bit more quantity of life, but it was going to take away the quality of her life pretty drastically. Or she could take the other path and just kind of walk out faithfully the remainder of her days with a little bit less quantity of life, but maybe a little bit more quality. And so after a lot of prayer, Robin decided to walk that second path. And I'll never forget one spring morning, man, one spring morning I was out uh, underneath the awning at, a, at the Bedford campus. It was just one of those beautiful days, Christmas in the air, the sun was shining, was just beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. And Robin got out of her car and, and was walking into church and she was just radiating God's glory as she came in. Big smile on her face. And I looked at her and I said, Robin, it takes so much strength to go through what you are going through. And she stopped me and she said something I will never forget. She said, no, Sean, it takes a whole lot of surrender to go through what I'm going through. It was the best sermon that was preached anywhere, anywhere <laughs> that day. It takes a whole lot of surrender. See, Robin had learned what Paul 
instructs us to do here, invites us to do in Philippians 4, she, she knew how big her God was. And that even though cancer would soon take her life, nothing would snatch her from his arms. She trusted and she surrendered to him. And there were so many things as I, as I walked with Robin, even in her final days, that she was so grateful and thankful for. Those would be what she wanted to talk about. And she taught me how to live out Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And Paul invites us to pray about everything. Nothing is too big or small. And he says that when we do, God's peace protects us against the worries and the anxieties that want to strangle us and tear us apart. God's peace sets up a garrison around our hearts and our minds, the two places that worry wants to attack us the most. And, and protection doesn't mean that they will never try to invade us again. Protection doesn't mean that we walk through this life and everything is just fine. No. It does not mean the absence of trials on the outside, but a quiet confidence on the inside that we are safe and we are secure with Christ, come what may. And so even while worry attacks us on all fronts, we can maintain a peace within. The second part of this verse moves into territory of the mind, and there's some really good stuff that Paul lays out, but we are going to save that for another day. The first series um, after Core 52 is called Headspace, and we're going to take a deep dive into how to fight the mental and emotional and spiritual battle that is taking place in our minds. But as we close out today, I want to invite Emily Bedwell to come back up and to help us put into practice some of what we have talked about this morning. Emily? So if you're anything like me, you came in here today with at least one worry on your heart. Maybe it's the COVID pandemic that never seems like it's going to end. Or maybe it's monkeypox or polio or whatever new disease they discovered while we were sleeping last night. Maybe you're worried about your job, or your kids, or your grandkids, or your marriage. Maybe you're feeling lonely and afraid, like you've lost every friend you ever had. Or maybe, just, just maybe, you're worried about something so internal, so private, that just giving a name to it is scary. Or maybe you're like me and you're just really, really tired of all of it. You're exhausted. And that exhaustion comes straight from that worry. It steals your peace, it steals your breath, and it steals your joy. You find yourself sitting here almost numb because of the thoughts you're stuck in. First, please hear me. You are not alone. Physically, you are in a room full of people that are honored to carry your burdens with you. Later on, you'll see them. They're wearing some green lanyards, and they're here for you. Emotionally, you're not alone. You are feeling things that have been felt since the beginning of time. And all of those feelings, all of those worries have already been carried to the cross by Jesus. And maybe, maybe most importantly, spiritually, you are not alone. Jesus walks with you. He walks beside you. He walks before you to blaze the path through your worry to peace. 
So what Satan is trying to steal from you, that joy that can only come when you know him, Satan doesn't get to keep that. Over the next few minutes, we're going to take some time to pray, to release the worries that are keeping us down, and find a place to let joy enter in. I'm going to give you some prompts as we go through the next few minutes together. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you that today is a day set apart. It is a new day, a new chance, and a new promise to find you in the middle of our worry. Right now, we give you the things that are holding us down, that are holding us back, the things that are holding us captive. Whatever is stealing our joy, we give it to you right now. we take comfort in knowing that whatever awkward or difficult or lonely path we find ourselves on, you've already walked it. And we trust now that in your power, you will remove the obstacles that keep us from you. God, we ask you to take those obstacles now as we name them. little spaces where worry has lived, we ask that you fill us with more of you. We long for more of your peace. We long to trust you more deeply. And more than all of that, God, we want the deep joy of knowing you will never leave us. We rejoice that you meet us right here, right now, right how we are. So take a moment now just to thank God for his joy in your life. God, thank you for hearing us, for loving us, and for being here in the midst of our worry to give us peace. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org/messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.